go into the, to the message here. Um, I'm going to be starting a, a series for the entire month that we're going to call What Child Is This? As we're going to surprise, look at the Christmas story um, of Jesus. But, but I want to look at it from a, very, uh, from a different perspective in some ways because this Christmas season can bring a lot of emotions. This Christmas season um, can bring a lot of joy, a lot of excitement, but also uh, sadness. The reality is over this past year or so, um, many of us are, are grieving in a lot of ways, whether it's losing a job, um, declining health, loss of a loved one. Um, it's been tough. And so this last month of the year, um, I want to look at God's word and I want to be encouraged uh, by God's word. And I want you to be encouraged because of the promises that come with Jesus and his birth. Um, as followers of him, we celebrate this time of year and we celebrate who he is and that should really give us a sense of peace and comfort and joy when we really understand the nature of his being because that is what makes Jesus so special one of the many many things but God came to this earth to to be with us and that is not something we should take lightly but we do oftentimes we do we take that lightly and so with everything in our world seeming to kind of fall apart um, and being very unstable, let's, let's center our minds and our hearts on the birth of Jesus and the promises that come along with that. So I want to look at this verse in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, that is probably a familiar verse to you in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and this is going to be the main verse we're going to look at for the rest of the month. It says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So the idea here is not that these are literal names of Jesus, but that these are character traits, that these are aspects of who he is, and they describe who he is and what he has come to do. And that's an encouraging and awesome thing. And these are things that we should celebrate. And that we do celebrate about Jesus, but these are gifts. These are gifts to us in that our Savior has all of these qualities and then some. I wonder if you've seen maybe a version of this headline over the last couple of weeks here that says this, shipping delays threaten to ruin Christmas. Yeah. Bloomberg wrote an article about this and... Uh, um, so did Business Insider, um, talking about supply chain shortages and all of those things. I know we're all sick of hearing those. Um, but, you know, if you think this or believe this, then you're missing the boat. Literally, because there's a boat sitting off the coast with your stuff. Um, but, but also figuratively, because it's not what this should be about. Not even close, Right? Every word of this is wrong. <laughs> Every word of this is wrong. Shipping delays, listen, shipping delays cannot ruin something that is not dependent on shipping. Amen? Amen? God already delivered the greatest gift that we will ever receive. And unfortunately, we get too wrapped up in, in the other side of that. And as we look at the gift of Jesus, as we look at, at who he is and his attributes, the aspects of his character from this verse in Isaiah 9 um, here, I want to point something out as we kind of break this down. And, and, I, and I want to I look at this because we're going to look at each aspect of the character of the Messiah, of Jesus, as we go through this month. 
So I want to point something out to you here that some of you may have already noticed, and maybe you have a little bit of a question about it. But let me explain it to you kind of this way. Look at this sentence, this next sentence. It says, let's eat, kids. Right? We know what that means. Let's eat, kids. Now, what happens if I take this comma away? Let's eat, kids. That got dark, right? That got weird real quick. See, punctuation saves lives. <laughs> and words matter. Yeah, there's your connection point for the day. <laughs> Removing a comma, I just, I just threw the whole service away right there, didn't I? <laughs> Removing the comma changes how you read it. It really does. And the same can be said about the text that we looked at. If you look at this verse, Isaiah 9, chapter 6, which was written 700 years before the birth of Jesus, okay? This is the NLT, the New Living Translation version of this. It says front to us, uh, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, a government will rest upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's go back to the NKJV one that I read the beginning. Be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So uh, which one is it? Is it Wonderful Counselor or is it Wonderful Counselor? Does a comma really make that much of a difference? We know that it does in certain sentences. It certainly can, but does it? Or is he both? If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. Because I believe in this case, he is both. Remember, the Bible was not written in English. And so I want to look at a few things here with, in, in regards to that, because this can be read as an adjective or a noun, which is awesome and both true. Jesus is wonderful and a counselor, and he is a wonderful counselor. And we're going to see in this part of the Christmas story here that we're going to look at today where those character traits are present, yet they're impacting someone before Jesus even arrived, and that would be his mother. So we're going to Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. It says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So you better believe that this verse in Isaiah was going through Mary's mind as she really contemplated what was happening to her because in her, uh, in, culturally, she knew this verse. She understood what was, uh, what was being said to her when this angel showed up. First of all, that would have freaked me out, number one, right? Then the things that this angel is saying to her, you gotta believe that this verse, they, Jewish people this time, they understood this prophecy all too well, all too well. They, they were looking for the Messiah all the time. And, and you got to imagine that when he says these things to her, that she's contemplating this and saying, okay, unto us a child is born. 
and this is happening to me. This child that is being, this is me. Okay, wonderful. You know, and, and, and in some ways, she's probably like, this is wonderful. And then in other ways, she's like, this is wonderful. <laughs> right? This concerned tone of voice that she probably had. Because there are times, and I'm sure you've had those times too, where things can be both. <laughs> right? Something can be, man, this is great. This is great. You know? You know what I mean. You've been there in those circumstances. But when we think of the word wonderful... And we see this word, it makes us think of, of, of like pleasant or likable. And a better meaning for the original word that's used there is actually more like incomprehensible or beyond understanding. It's actually way closer to the word wonder than it, maybe like full of wonder than it is wonderful in the sense of how we describe or, or use or think of the word wonderful. Because grammatically, the original word should actually be translated as a noun, as the noun wonder, not necessarily as an adjective and followed by a comma. Um, so you could make a case that actually the word-for-word -word translation there should really read in English wonder, comma, counselor. You could, you could make a, a very real argument there. But when you think about the word wonder and the glory of who he is and, and what he has done and is doing should and does fill us with wonder because you can never really look at Jesus and really know him and be bored. There's no way. And many times when we do think about Jesus and, and, and we know him, we, we do. We get filled with wonder because we don't understand his ways and we don't understand his thinking and his ways are higher than our ways as it says in Isaiah 55. You will never get your head around the wonder that is God. You'll never totally get your head around all of the magnificence and the glory and the majesty of him. And at the same time, he is wonderful and he is wonderful. And it's so cool. Let's keep reading verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, uh, to be born, will be called the Son of God. And so Mary thinks that she's in trouble. She goes to this place where maybe she's thinking she's in trouble, she's nervous, and her mind instantly goes there because she's human. And if we look at God like he's a disappointed parent then we go to that place too. But that is not how God looks at us. He doesn't look at us that way, which is wonderful and also makes me wonder because I know there's times I look at myself many times and wonder how is God not looking at me disappointed in this moment and in, in that time and, and, and in that place. So we think about how she's reacting here internally and, and we see it in her words. But here we also see the counselor. We see the wonderful counselor where that comes in. And in verse 35, it says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so this is the counselor where the counselor of God comes in here, right? Because when that is said, I think a lot of times we blow right past that part of the verse and we don't think about this in this way. And here's what I mean. Do we honestly believe that this was just for the moment of conception or just the moment to impregnate her, that the Holy Spirit came upon her and the power of the Most High overshadowed her. Was it, you think it was just for that moment? I, I don't. 
And here's why. Do we honestly believe that the weight of that situation, the moment that she was in, and, and exactly what was being asked of her, she was being asked to be the physical mother of the Son of God. I mean, like, think about, think about that for a second. If, that's, if, if you're put in that position, how are you thinking that through? And do you think God's really just going to say, you know what? Good luck. And just leave her hanging? Absolutely not. I don't think so. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And he was walking with her and being the counselor aspect of God. I fail to believe was not there from that point forward. The Holy Spirit, the advocate, the power of God the Father through Jesus the Messiah, the Trinity. God was not just going to leave her on her own with no counsel, no guidance from that point on, especially since she was following God's calling on her life. And it's the same for you, and it's the same for me. If God is calling you to something, if he has put you in a position to do something amazing for him, and he has called you to a particular thing, if you really think he's just going to leave you hanging there, then let me introduce you to the wonderful counselor that is my Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is not just going to leave you hanging and leave you sitting there. The Messiah is our counselor. Jesus is the only one fit to guide our lives and he should be the Christians, followers of Jesus, our immediate counselor, the one that we go to, the immediate resource that we have, because Jesus can and will help you with your problems. And it may not always be the way that you think it should be, but are we looking to his word for counsel? Are we looking to other brothers and sisters in Christ for counsel, the way that God uses each other, the body of Christ, to help counsel each other? is an amazing thing that we really should lean into because Jesus is our counselor. Let's keep reading here. Look at verse 36. It says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. Are we seeing this last sentence here? For no word from God will ever fail. Let that encourage you today. Let that sentence just encourage you right now because she knew, she knew things were going to change forever. Not just a few things, like everything in her life just got wrecked instantly. Everything was different from then on out. Literally everything was different. She knew that this was not going to make things easier. In fact, this was going to make things more difficult. It was going to be the complete opposite. A lot of pain was to come. But, you know, sometimes temporal pain is required to bring lasting joy. And that can be scary. That can be a scary thing. And only the counsel of God, only the counsel of God can prepare you for his purpose in your life. And we can rest in the fact that no word from God will ever fail. Why? Because he is a wonderful counselor. Because he is a wonderful counselor. You know, you might have a, a friend in your life. You may have somebody like this in your life that you can think of that, that's a really, man, just, they're just so sweet and so kind and loving. But you know that if, if you need a, a, a good decision made, that they are not the person to go to. <laughs> that they're maybe not going to make the best decision in the world because they're a bit of a pushover or something along those lines. And then you may have that other person 
that you know that's the opposite. That's like, boy, they are wise and they're really good with these kinds of decisions and they're patient and all those kinds of things and they're really good um, at, at making good decisions, but they are ruthless and I sometimes wonder if they even have a heart. Isn't it awesome to know that Jesus is the best of both? That he is both. He is a wonderful counselor. He is cautious and wise and loving and he has wisdom and guidance for us in, in everything, but we also get the love and we also get the sympathy and we also get the empathy and everything that could possibly be wanted in a counselor, a wonderful counselor. Because as hard as we may try, we're never, we're never gonna be as good of a counselor as our heavenly father. We're never gonna be as good of a counselor as Jesus. Let me say it this way, Jesus is for you, and Jesus is for you. We've done some things with punctuation this morning. Let's also talk about inflection of words because words matter and intent matters. And think about the intent in both of these phrases, depending on how you say it and which word you emphasize. Jesus' intent in coming to this earth was for you. His intent in coming to this earth was for you and for me, for humanity. And that is wonderful. That is wonderful and that is awesome and that is amazing. And, and when you're in a crossroads and you need counsel and you need wisdom and you need guidance, he is also there for you. He's both. And we need him as our counselor. Think about this. A counselor actually ruined this world. And here's what I mean by that. Satan masked himself as a serpent and gave counsel. And when he gave counsel, it was evil counsel. And it provoked a rebellion against the Lord and brought sin and death into this world that we can do nothing about on our own. And it condemns us to eternal separation from God in a place called hell. And that all began with counsel, with unwise counsel, evil counsel. But if a counselor destroyed it, then it only makes sense that a wonderful counselor restores it. And his name is Jesus. Jesus, your wonderful counselor, came to restore the separation from God in a way that only he could because you and I will never be able to do it. And that's why the connection point for this morning should be encouraging and should put a smile on your face as we go into this Christmas season of celebrating who he is because Jesus is wonderful and our wonderful counselor. And that should put a smile on your face, like I said. That should encourage you. That should lift you up. You should walk out of here today encouraged because of that, with a perspective that is heavenly because of that, because this is who Jesus is, and he is that for you, and he is that for you. He is both. What child is this? This is Jesus. This is Jesus Christ, and he is wonderful and wonderful. And he is counselor, 
and he is our wonderful counselor. Will you bow your heads with me? You may be at a crossroads in your life right now. You may be at a place where you're not sure what to do about certain things. Maybe that thing that you don't know what to do about is your, the eternal realities that you have about your eternal home. Whether you're watching online or you're here in person, if you're not 100% sure that you're gonna spend eternity with our wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the mighty God, the prince of peace, Emmanuel, God with us. He came for you and he came for you. And maybe you need to lean into that today. Maybe this Christmas season is the time and the place where you finally get right with God because he's always there for you. If you wanna know more about that, I'd love to talk to you today, pray with you. You can certainly go on our website to connectchurch.xyz slash next and find out more. Maybe you need counsel from the wonderful counselor. Would you pray about that? Would you, in, would you, would you really lean into that idea? Maybe you've been seeking wisdom and counsel from every place else. Jesus is here for you. And he's here for you. Father, I love you and I thank you so much that, that you are here for us. Father, we praise you and worship you because you are wonderful. We praise you and worship you because you're our counselor and that you're here for us. Remind us of that in this Christmas season, God. What an amazing gift that we have and what you've done for us in coming to this earth for us. God, I pray that if there's one here or watching doesn't know you, pray that today they might make that decision or at least start down their journey and getting answers to the questions that they may have in regards to eternity. Lord, for us that are, that are followers, followers of you, that know you, Lord, I pray that we would lean in to your counsel, God, because you are wonderful and you are a wonderful counselor. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the wisdom that's in your word. We thank you for our church family, for our brothers and sisters in Christ that can come alongside us and that you use to speak to each and every one of us. Pray that you would your Holy Spirit would just continue to move through us and use us to reach this world that needs a wonderful counselor. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen.